Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Good morning. Wake up! The Early Line. Line up! All right, here we go, people. It is now a Tuesday, February the 25th, and uh, it is crunch time not only in college hoops, but also crunch time in the NBA. Tankapalooza is on, and just when you think you know what's up, it's actually down, and you get nights like last night in the association where underdogs rule the day. They are 5-3. and three. All together on the day, some big upsets, straight up winners by the out uh, by dogs last night. Kind of bit of a head scratching situation. Not a big card in college hoops last night, but we told you there were really four Power Five games, uh, conferences, uh, and games within them that a lot still riding on the line here. As let's face it, guys, next week is March, and the week after that, we're going to be having Selection Sunday. And next thing you know, we're putting brackets together. We are at that particular point in the program, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, where March Madness, it is here. And for a lot of teams, a lot of bubble teams, there's, uh, there is kind of a do or die sense right now in some of these programs and no bigger card than tonight. I mean, loaded when you go across what the top 25 teams are tonight in action, Auburn, Duke. Michigan State versus Iowa. Uh, you've got just a Kentucky going at it here tonight. Baylor going at. It. Will they bounce back from a uh, from a just a a terrible loss? And I don't want to say terrible because you lost to Kansas, but a game you could have won on your own home court and you let it slip away, unfortunately. So will they bounce back? Auburn, they got to bounce back. So much to get to coming up this hour. We'll get you prepared for a huge night on the hardwood. But first, send it over to Dan Strafford there so he can get you caught up with all the headlines from overnight here on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. Well, Joe, a look back at some NBA scores and top performers from last night to start off here. Joel Embiid put up 49 points, 14 rebounds on the Atlanta Hawks as the 76ers beat the Hawks 129 to 112. Bradley Beal with a career high 55 points. It was not enough to best the Milwaukee Bucks. He did also have nine turnovers. Final score there, 137 to 134. Chris Middleton on the other side of that put up 40 points, five rebounds, five assists, three steals. In a performance, 2 of 8 from 3-point range, 15 of 28 from the field. James Harden coasted to a 37-point, 6-rebound, 9-assist contest as the Houston Rockets outlasted the New York Knicks, 123-112. to 112. And Bam Adebayo continued his strong year, 22 points, 13 rebounds, 9 assists, 3 steals, and 4 blocks in a game against Cleveland that Miami dropped, 125 to 119. In baseball, Chris Archer was scratched from Monday's Grapefruit League start due to neck tightness. He's considered day-to-day. Archer is looking to bounce back after a 5.19 ERA in 2019. Garrett Cole hurled a scoreless inning with one walk and two strikeouts in his Grapefruit League debut on Monday against the Pirates for the Yankees. 
Pole struck out Josh Bell and Brian Reynolds. In the NFL, the Athletics' Jeff Howe reports that there's, quote, a real chance the Ravens, quote, move 30-year tight end Hayden Hurst this offseason. Hurst was the number 25 overall pick in the 2018 draft, but you have to remember, he's already 27 years old. And out at the NFL Combine on Monday, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but apparently size does matter. That's hand size, of course. Potential top overall pick Joe Burrow's hand size was the topic of conversation at the Combine on Monday as he measured 9 inches. Many analysts were at least, quote, concerned, and quote, Burrow took to Twitter in amusing fashion to announce he may have to consider retirement. I'm Dan Strapper, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. Thank you very much, Dan. Well done, uh, in fact, there. But at least Joe Burrow's got a sense of humor, which he's going to right. need if, in fact, he's on his way to Cincinnati. So uh, keep it up, JoJo. Keep it up. And uh, we'll see how that works out for you. But, yes, Combine also in full effect here this week, guys. So it's going to be an awful uh, – we got to mix in football now. Combine draft over the next couple of months. March Madness. Uh, guys jockeying for position in the NBA, Dane, it is crazy. And before we dive into some of the bigger upsets last night, because there was some money to be made as a contrarian yeah. last night, the fight, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, we finally mm -hmm. heard from Deontay Wilder yesterday. And we had talked about this. We broke the fight down for you here on the show yesterday, guys. And we weren't sure of two things. Number one, would there be another fight? It was contractually obligated for whoever won the fight to give the other fighter, of course, 30 days to accept another fight. The good news is that's happening. So regardless, that is happening. They've accepted, uh, Deontay Wilder has accepted it. But the reasoning um, for him getting his ass whooped, I think, was the most interesting part of that, Dane, uh, of that little press conference, because he went to the hospital. He wasn't available after the fight, Deontay Wilder. And um, what he told us is that, and this was honestly one of the coolest costumes I've ever seen, but he apparently says the reason he got his ass handed to him was because the costume was 40 pounds and it took its toll on his legs. So the co it was the costume's fault right. that he got his ass handed to him. Right. And, you know, obviously, because yeah. in the past, he's only worn masks. This time he went full on Wakanda, you know. Um, and so, of course, that was it. Not the Tyson Fury oh, that it. ruptured your eardrum or you right. had broken ribs or you had mm -hmm. absolutely no legs. You know what, then? Here's the thing. Then this beloved trainer you had that did such a great mm -hmm. job to throw in the towel. Where was he saying oh, that, God. yo? Maybe you shouldn't carry this weight into the ring. Maybe you shouldn't look like a, I, I don't even know what it was. That's my best guess. Because remember when he was coming out, there were all these African-American legends on the wall that he was walking past. I literally yep. thought he was doing Black Panther and Wakanda. So maybe yep. instead of trying to make a statement in your ring entrance, you can make a statement inside the damn ring, Deontay. Come on. I don't buy it. It's a good place to start. I'm not going to lie there. Next Ridiculous. time. Uh, I you want to wear a mask, you know, you can you can certainly go uh, uh, a lot easier and a lot time. Just a mask. than you don't need whatever body the hell armor. that transformer are. It was ridiculous. Costume. He looked like he got it out of Universal Studios, swear to God, like he was a transformer. He really did. And then thing. when it lit up red, the eyes. Cool <laughs> <laughs> as crap. This could be another wrong. thing. You know what, though? This could be another thing. I said yesterday that I thought that the fact that 
Fury said he was putting on weight, psyched right. out Wilder, and almost like tricked him into putting on more weight. And then, as we know, Fury always has crazy ring entrances, right? Yes, he does. But he knows how to manage it. Whether it's mm -hmm. the time he's sitting there, like, just got to stay warm or whatever, maybe he once again tricked Deontay Wilder into doing something that was out of his norm but was playing right into Fury. Who knows? Maybe that's the part of the mentality of the Gypsy King. I uh, Listen, it, he got carried in by a bunch of beautiful women on a throne. He, he wasn't did. really exerting a lot of energy, and, well, at least not before the fight. Uh, right. But, uh, you know, Deontay Wilder opted for the 40-pound suit of armor yeah. uh, that uh, apparently he says once he got out of the costume into the ring, he knew it was a game changer at that point. He said he had felt it uh, in his legs. Well, first of all, if a 40-pound wall, you know, if you're carrying 40 pounds of equipment, I, I am fairly certain there are uh, members of the armed services right now that uh, around this country I, that carry a hell of a lot more than that, Dane, that ain't professional athletes or professional boxers who don't have a problem doing it for, oh, I don't know, more than eight minutes. <laughs> they also could have told you that, yo, it's going to have an impact on you, bro. <laughs> Was that the first time you tried the suit on? Like, what seriously? You know, like his trainer who threw in the towel should have been like, hey, maybe we should yes. do a dry run with this. You yes, know, and see if crazy. it's OK. The other thing, Joe, have you seen his wife? Yes. Maybe yes. that had something to do with it. And I wouldn't be mad at him if that was the case. Yes, not at all. <laughs> no, not at all. He does she, see. And it's, in it's her arm. sad because all you get, nobody would. Nobody's holding it against you. You lost. You lost the fight. So now you come back bigger, stronger. But to throw this, the whole suit thing out there is like, Deontay, you're, you're absolutely killing us. Because if you don't change what you do in the ring, it ain't going to him anyway. It ain't going to matter. You know? And that's the other problem. How many people are going to have an appetite? It's not that he lost. It's how he lost, I think, is the problem. So while, yes, we get boxing fans, we'll get the third fight. I don't know how many people are going to be go, oh, you know what? Let me spend the 80 bucks. Let me get it again because it was so close to lit. It was so convincing that you you might lose people here, Dan. I don't know the same people that carried the excitement into that fight over the weekend. I don't know how many of those people are going to be all excited to see a third bout with a guy that's, he kicked your, like he died. Right. I don't believe you can win. I don't believe you can win that fight. So... This is where boxing gets into that that territory, Dane, where what do you do? Yeah, I'd rather see him fight Anthony Joshua, to be quite honest. I'd rather see Fury Joshua. And unless something changes, like Fury yep. changed his strength, unless Wilder makes a change, I already know how this story ends, in my opinion. Yep. I'm with you. Give me something. Uh, we'll give you the big upsets from last night. Take a look at the night ahead. We'll do it next year on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. Happy Tuesday. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.
It's a big night in the uh, in the NBA last night, where underdogs and contrarian betters uh, made an awful lot of cash. If you were you were doing the right thing, uh, also four very live games uh, in uh, college hoops. Uh, very important games here: ACC matchups, Big 12 matchups, Big 10 matchups. Uh, they proved to be number one good games, but number two. Uh, the teams that ended up winning last night did themselves a uh, a giant favor in advancing their chances to either get a higher seed or yep. at least, the very least, move out of that bubble territory and guarantee themselves a shot at uh, at March Madness. So we'll start in the NBA last night where a couple of the upsets, Dan, underdogs, uh, Dane, five and three against the number. We'll start yep. with the first upset, which made me want to throw up and throw things at the television screen last night as I was... Uh, I was watching the Miami Heat take on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, mind you, this is a uh, this is a Cleveland Cavaliers team that just got boat raced with by Miami uh, without Jimmy Butler in the lineup because he uh, he took a little load management there, and why not? And they didn't need him; they destroyed him. Uh, only to come out and watch. All right, it's 29-21 after the first. Good, okay, the nice eight-point lead. So come halftime, right, they outscore them 39-35 in the second. Great. Now we're double-digit lead going into uh, going into the second half of this game. So now we get to the third quarter. In the third quarter, 31-24, the Miami Heat outscore them. Get to that fourth quarter, Joe. Off. Get to that fourth I'm quarter. Turning it off is what I'm doing right now. And then all of a sudden we get to the fourth quarter, and the Miami Heat scored 29-39. 31, and 12 damn points in the fourth quarter, Dane. 12. Mind you, Miami was a six-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. And even then, I thought that was a little bit too low. And for three quarters, Dane, I was right. It was a little bit too low. And then the fourth quarter happened. They get outscored 31-12 to to send it to overtime. And you and I both know the minute that went to overtime, it was... It was done. It was over. Yeah. It was over. It Momentum was, is already on one side, right? It's over, yes. I mean, one of the biggest upsets of the night there, guys. Not just because, listen, if Cleveland would have came out, they were flat and got boat raced like Indiana did the other night. Right. So be it. Tough night. But to do what they did for three quarters, have, uh, you know, almost close to, let's face it here, almost a 20-point lead at times in that game, and then to score 12 points in the fourth quarter, I don't want to. Is it a torn hashtag, torn ticket? I, more there like just I don't light know. it on fire, dude. You know what I, I mean? Light it on ticket. fire. Yeah, I can't. I mean, listen, that's just a, they got to finish the job. If you want to be contenders in the East, you know, you have to put these teams away when you have them. You know, you mentioned it at the top of the show. Some of these teams are playing for lottery balls, right? Okay. And some of these teams are already thinking about where they're going to go on vacation come late April. Um, yep. And so to not be able to put one of these teams away, I think, is uh-huh. is concerning. I will say this. Give give props to on the Cavaliers, the rookie, Kevin Porter Jr., yeah, I 30 agree. points. Yes. yes, good 30 point. points, yep. 9 of yep. 18. From the floor, you know, I mean, you got Sexton there, you got Garland there. I mean, but I, I they're not one of these young teams that I like, but I do want to give it up for the uh, for the rookie Porter. I nine. mean, you've yeah, you got all Gar. Right. I mean, you got all of these guys. I love Kevin Love and double D. You had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys in double digit figures for points on Cleveland last night against what's supposed to be a pretty good defense of Miami team. I just absolutely brain dead at the end. So, congratulations though. 
If you back Cleveland, certainly if you backed them uh, on taking the six and a half, great. They were plus 220 on the money line, Dane. It was a cha-ching moment. Um, yeah. How about them? Orlando Magic. Same thing if, happened in Brooklyn. That's right. There you go. The exactly. same exact thing. Yep. You talk about turning it off, Joe. This is oh, the game that I turned off, okay? They were up by one point at by like 15 points. All right, in the first at halftime, it's 54-41. Okay? It's 54-41. I literally changed the the channel. I changed to like the Florida State Louisville game that was getting tight, and then I go back I'm like, "Oh, it's a 4-point game." What's going on? I go back. Orlando's up by one. The Magic outscored the Nets 40 to 33 in the third. And then in the fourth, 34 to 26. And it's really, you know, Aaron Gordon had himself a game. Vukovic had himself a game. And they just went cold towards the second half. The Nets could not do anything offensively. And, you know, I thought they had it in their bottle for kind of the bottom of the Eastern Conference. But same kind of thing. One of these teams that should be mailing it in was actually still grinding in the second half, making it happen. And there's where two of your upsets last night in the association. 19 points they came back from. And this is a team in Orlando, guys, averaging 103, 104 points on the road. They've had nothing but problems of scoring on the road, while Brooklyn... They've been averaging 115 points at home. They look good too early. It just amazing. And again, plus 145 on the money line for the Orlando. You and I laughed at that game because we're like, we did. We both took the nuts. This is Brooklyn wins this game. Last night, taking care of business. Um, the Phoenix Suns just dominating the Utah Jazz, Dane. What are you kidding? Yeah, I mean, we had this in a lot of places. We had this in a lot of places in the association. You know, Joe mentions another one, the Phoenix Suns take out the Utah Jazz 131 to 111. In this one, you know, here, in this one, the the the, the Suns do have some kids that I am yes. interested in. You know, the Booker absolutely going off. You know, Obrey Jr. going off. Yep. Even, you know, even Aiton who I think is starting to round into form. He's never going to be a guy who impresses you offensively, Joe. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But he is someone who's a rim runner. He does have that length. We talk about the new center in the NBA, right, that can do a little bit more, has a little bit more skills. But the Phoenix Suns, listen, they put up quarters of 35, 37, and 32 against the Utah Jazz team that's supposed to be good defensively, that's supposed to be good at home. Remember, I've been pushing Joe this idea that, oh, the Lakers or the Clippers may have to worry about seeing Denver in Denver Uh or Utah in Utah, but certainly not after what I saw last night. You had Donovan Mitchell go off, and that's about it, Joe. Yep. Yeah, I'm telling you, Dan, and by the way, what a homecoming for Rubio, huh? Who came back, remember? They didn't want want good old Rubio uh, there, did they? And uh, Ricky Rubio. Yeah, <laughs> when he drops 22, 6, and 11 on him, has seven steals and says, oh, remember me? But to your point, uh, of the teams that were laughing that actually these dogs that came back, um, I, Phoenix, to me, has got maybe the brightest future there. They've got yeah. talent on that team that's going to be, it's going to be, if they can ever put it together, that franchise, they've got a great history. Uh, they've got a great future, rather, of coming. Orlando, I think, and Cleveland is just also a nightmare. But 
That's another plus 300 on the money line, Dane, uh, getting eight and a half points. And you mentioned that Utah has done a great job of beating the crap, uh, so to speak, over there, especially at home. They've been very good. Not last night. Not last night. And then you had the Washington, and this is important, too, for tonight, guys, but you had the Wizards. We weren't sure yesterday, back-to-back. What are we going to get from Bradley Beal, right? Mm -hmm. It's a a tough spot, back-to-back for them. Milwaukee tonight has the Toronto Raptors. And, you know, you you try not to do the look-ahead situation for pro athletes in the NBA. But the reality is, when you've only lost eight games and you've got the Wizards, there might be a little look-ahead because you know you got to go to Toronto. And that's a precursor to the playoffs. So last night, I wasn't sure how many does does Milwaukee want to win by. That was our attitude here on the show yesterday, Dan. How many do they want to win by? They can decide. Well, Bradley Beal's like, yeah, I don't think so. So... He goes out at home, and they did get a little lackadaisical, that being Milwaukee. Yeah, they and, should play the fourth. Yeah, and you've got, you know, Giannis fouls out in the fourth. Bradley Beal kind of takes over, and we've got ourselves another overtime game. This was a 12, 12-and-a-half-point closing line for the, uh, you know, for the Milwaukee Bucks. They barely escaped with the win in overtime, but then, like we say— NBA handicapping is all about 80% understanding the schedule. And right. that's a that was a Middleton. They, they emptied the tank last night to win that game. I mean, look at that. It, it's 137-134. And the over proved to be maybe the, the best player, the smartest play of the night there. But, man, oh, man, the Wizards are not. If they could ever play defense, Dane, the Wizards would be a team that we got to talk about way more often. But right now, it's. They can score 130 and lose by 20 still. Yeah, see, I was going the other way. Like, you're going the positive way on the Wizards. What I wonder is why they haven't moved Bradley Beal. We heard about it in the offseason, Joe. We heard his name again around the trading deadline. We know John Wall is never healthy. This was supposed to be that combo. That's never coming to fruition. Like, when are the Wizards going to accept it and move Beal for as much as they could possibly get and hit the reset button? I mean, this is a guy who, as we've seen, can go off for 50, and the league respects it. As for a while, I don't understand why the Wizards kind of are holding on to him because when these, when they eventually get kids that do develop, whether it's the kid from Gonzaga they drafted last year or elsewhere, then Beal won't be in his prime anymore. Wall won't be there anymore. Yep. Why haven't they moved Bradley Beal, Joe? I, if they're going to build around him, then it's – I can't wait to see what you do in the draft. I can't – they I, do have some – they got pieces. They just don't have I any – Yes. They don't have any defense. I mean, when you can score 130 against Milwaukee and you still lose, you know, and they did the same. They scored 131 earlier in the month when they played them a couple of weeks back, and they lost by 20. So if you could ever get some defense and they can score with the best of them, the problem is not going to do so well here, Dane, if you can't stop anybody from scoring more points than you. Defense. Congratulations to the Knicks, by the way, who covered last night. Nick, a little bit. The Rockets win again. Ball yes, ball. That's right. We'll take a look at the uh, upcoming Monster Top 25 college game. We'll do that coming up next year on the Grid SportsGrid.com. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. 
all major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. card is uh, packed here, guys. 26 college basketball games. A number of top 25 teams uh, going uh, going at it here tonight. Important stuff, including uh, two ranked teams uh, with Iowa and Michigan State getting ready. A little big, uh, big 10 action tonight, which Michigan State needs to uh, flip that switch. We keep waiting for it. Maybe tonight will happen, taking on Iowa. Um, but last night, as we uh, as we quickly run through the uh, through the big games, and there were a couple of them. Day number one, I think the Florida State um, bulldozing of Louisville in the second half was yeah, man. something something people should be scared about in the ACC, yep. including Duke. Uh, that is everything that Florida State is as a team and can be as a team, and that was downright scary because Louisville guys is unbelievable. They are a good team. And then to have uh, that happen in the second half, 42 to six was the tidal wave that came over the the last 15 minutes of that game for Florida State. Uh, It was just a absolute crushing defeat, 82 to 67. That's what we think Florida State can be, Dane. That is exactly what Florida State is. It was a short number all day long. We kept telling you, hovering around that two, that two and a half mark. There was Florida State should have had the leg up. We thought that for sure. Louisville was getting some money yesterday as a as a road dog. Contrarian being in uh, uh, being in uh, you know a little ranked a little bit higher than they were. Two of the best in the ACC, and this was a revenge game. We told you also for Florida State and Dane. My word, dude. Yeah. It was a it was an ass whooping of of epic proportions in that second half. Another game that you know we turned off uh, mostly because we're like it just ain't gonna work, guys. It's just you know Louisville's really starting to roll. Well, yeah, now they got they got rolled last night, Dane, in that game. They really did. And what I'm what I've noticed about Florida State. Correct me if I'm wrong, Joe. But they are deep. They run like nine guys out at you. And they are all like tough, long dudes. You know what I mean? Like there's no real superstar on that squad. There's the kid, uh, what the the guard, what Vassal, I think his name is. That's kind of like maybe all CC, all ACC Mm kind of performer. But they just are long. You can't practice for it. They give you only one shot. They rebound, and it's kind of like a – I hate to use this kind of term. I think it's used too much, but, like, they're a blue-collar, bring-your-lunch-pail-to-work kind of team. My That's only correct. question with Florida State is – I have two, Joe. One is do they have enough offense consistently to get mm-hmm. through six games in the big tournament? And then the other thing, Joe, is – and this is what I said yesterday. I picked them yesterday on this show to win, but I mentioned that they're so good at home, Joe. They're yes. undefeated at home. Well, yep. in the ACC tournament and then ultimately in the big dance, they're not going to be at home. They're going to be on right. neutral floors. And I've mm. seen it happen, right? They got this wave at home yesterday. I, t- I told you about a week and a half ago, the same thing happened against my Syracuse Orange. The Orange looked good against them in Florida State. And then this wave came. Are they able to do that when they're not inside their own building? 
Yeah, well, and that's always been the problem because this is Leonard Hamilton and Florida State over the last 10 years, guys. They produce tough, long, athletic, physical wings anywhere from 6'4 to 6'8 to 6'9. Right. They're a machine. I mean, this is a program that that is exactly what he does better than anybody else, Leonard Hammond, in the state of Florida. Recruiting these kids to come here is they are monsters. And we've seen them in the past be really good at home in Tallahassee. But they're always the problem is when they get to the Sweet 16, they get for some reason they get outmatched. This year feels different. It looks different because last night is the perfect microcosm. You had five guys, five guys in double digits for Florida State last night. Trent Forrest, who is their uh, their All-American uh, guard, scores 14 of his, what, 16 points in the second half when they needed him the most. They got eight points from Anthony Polite off the bench, who doesn't even play. Like, he doesn't even play. He came in and chipped in eight. So if they can, can this is a tough out for anybody. And when when you can roll in, like you said, Dane, nine rotational players, you just keep bringing them in, bringing them out, and they're all scoring double digits. Yeah, um, right. good luck. Good luck. Florida State, I don't know what the future odds are, Dane. We can probably get it looked up. Sure, I'll bring it up. Florida State not only winning the ACC, but I guarantee you Florida State, somewhere in a championship figure, is probably a good number. And it's not necessarily a overreaction here, guys. Although they beat a very good Louisville team, we have said from the start, if they put it together, they are the most physically gifted athletic team in the country, in the country when they can put it together. They can own the glass. They can own you in the paint. They can shoot from the perimeter. Very tough so here's team. Here's what I'll tell you. Oh, here's no. what I'll tell you about Florida State right now, Joe. Right now, they are 22 to 1 to win the national championship. There are two other schools that are 22 to 1. Let me tell you, see how you feel like they stack up against the other 22 to 1 shots right now on FanDuel, Joe. You like Florida State against Oregon? Yes, I do. Yeah, more okay. athletic. Yes, absolutely. Okay, fair enough. Then here's the other one that I think is a little bit, we might have value here, Joe. Ooh. They're the same odds right now to win it all as San Diego State. Really? See, San yep. Diego State's built very similar to that. A lot of guys, 6'4 to 6'8, 6'9, very athletic. They got a big man in the middle that can do some damage on the glass and protect the rim. They are San very Diego State similar. Has Malachi Flynn, though, uh, to, yes. uh, with the ball yes. in his hands. I think that yes. is different than anything yep. the Seminoles have. I, it's the depth, I think, of what okay. Florida State brings That's to the true. table is. It gives them a few more, especially, you know, winning six games is, oh, they can only win. It's a grind, and having that kind of depth is always a, a plus. True. And I'm going to give it, listen, we ripped, and I mean, guys, we ripped Shaka Smart for a while here, but Texas is not dead, guys. Uh, they will not go away. The troubles continue for West Virginia last night, and we two teams going in the wrong direction here. Texas at home taking on a West Virginia club who – Losing three out of their last four, can't win on the road. In Morgantown, they're one thing. On the road, they're a different thing. We said it on the show, no way. And can I lay five and a half points with a team that can't get it done on the road versus a desperate Texas team? And that proved to be exactly correct again last night as Texas, uh, Texas wins and all of a sudden the Big 12 outside of Baylor and Kansas, this should be a very interesting tournament. Current form tells me Texas has got some players 
and Texas is starting to play finally for Shaka Smart, that could be a problem for the Baylors and Kansases of the world. And it's a problem for West Virginia, guys. You can't win on the road. Yeah, uh, yeah. they were a big uh, dark horse of a lot of people, Dane. They can't win on the road. That's a problem. Yeah, it's going left. We, remember we talked about teams getting hot at the right time? time. I mentioned yep. Ohio State. I've talked about Kentucky starting to round into form. Well, the mm -hmm. inverse is also true. That's part of why we were on the Longhorns at home. You were saying that they, you know, they're starting to go left. They haven't gotten it done. They go down by 10. I mean, I'm starting to feel, Joe, you know, we talk about this crazy parody. But at the same time, Baylor, Kansas at the top of this conference, yep. you know, they truly are the class. We're seeing it out west as well. You know, it's starting to round into form. Maybe the true, you know, top seven or eight teams in the country we can acknowledge are going to be on that one and two line. I'm yep. really thinking it's that seeds between three and seven where the toss-ups are all going to happen. Don't get me wrong. There will be a two seed that gets bounced on that first Sunday, but yes. we're starting to see, you know, you make the point about West Virginia. I'm just saying that I do think that there is daylight between teams like West Virginia and teams mm -hmm. like Baylor and Kansas at the top of their conference. I think we're starting to see it in a lot of conferences in the ACC as well. It looks like Duke and Florida State are starting to rise to the top. In the Big Ten, we're seeing teams like Maryland and then Ohio State come on. You know, so we'll, we'll talk about it when we look at today's slate in the Big Ten. But I do think the cream of the crop is starting to rise a little bit as long as yep. you don't think they're going to go undefeated. Right. Uh, well, listen, we worried about a letdown for Kansas. Did not right. happen, guys. Happen. They rolled. Uh, they rode OSU last night. Azabuki continuing 19 points, 16 boards, three blocks, uh, two assists, hit seven of eight free throws, 83 to 58 over OSU at Fog Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, they continue to roll, and we said it. Bill, you know, Bill Self has got this Kansas squad just that much better than everybody else playing its best basketball at the right time. So Kansas definitely worthy of that number one number that is next to their name as they are the number one team in the country. The number two team in the country is Baylor. And the number two team in the country has got a game here tonight. And just like we had, we wondered, hey, was there gonna be any sort of letdown situation for Kansas after that emotional win on the road, tough win on the road against a very physical Baylor team? Well, Kansas answered, and now we're going to have some questions answered tonight about Baylor and what kind of fortitude they have, because it's very easy, Dane, when things are going really well for you and heading in the right direction, then all of a sudden, a bump in a road, sometimes for 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds, it's not all that easy getting back up on the horse, you know what I mean? So this is going to be a very interesting matchup tonight between Baylor and Kansas State. And mostly because you've got a Kansas State team who's got absolutely nothing to lose in this game here tonight, which to me makes them pretty darn dangerous, Dane. And I think Baylor, this is going to tell us a lot. And you're right, cream rises to the top. But what happens now when you take on a Kansas that, by the way, has upset teams already this sure. year? And I want to ask Big you, number. there's a lot of ranked teams going on the road in conference today as well. Big so time, big time. We just yep. gotta find the and we'll, uh, we'll go over to top 25. We'll break down those games. We'll get you set tonight. College Hoops, big night. We'll do it next year on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. 
We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, guys, 26 college hoop games tonight, seven NBA games. You do have 13 NHL games. We'll get to some of those NBA games in a minute, but we'll start uh, taking a look tonight here at that number two team in the country, the Baylor Bears, getting ready to take on the uh, the Kansas State. And, uh, you know, poor Kansas State Wildcats has not been good, guys. They've been in this downward spiral now for a little while. They just lost their last game to a surging Texas team. 70 to 59th. It was their, well, it was their seventh straight loss and ninth yeah. in the last 10 games. So it has not been good for Kansas. So they're kind of out of the postseason picture here. And unless they do something miraculous and run the tables in the big uh, in the Big 12 tournament, which let's face it, is not going to happen. This is a uh, this is a tough game for them. Now, meanwhile, Baylor and Kansas State they played this game a couple of weeks ago, guys, earlier in a month. And it was only a six-point Baylor Bears victory uh, on the road at Kansas, at Kansas State. State. So it wasn't a double-digit blowout. Kansas State did play them hard earlier in the month. So I, I think what happens in a game like this, Dane, is people, because they're going to see the two touchdowns, and they're right. going to say, oh, wow, Baylor coming off of that loss. I don't Is Kansas State that bad? They did play them earlier in the month. I would not overthink this, and I would not at all look at this game and say Baylor could not, is not going to be pissed off enough to actually run it up here. And the thing about Baylor, remember, guys, and their season, Dane, has just been unbelievable. Seven weeks in the top two, uh, right. top two for the 10th time in program history, by the way, and the 17 straight weeks they've been ranked. That's the third longest in program history. These guys have been dominant from the start. The market took a little while for them to catch up, but the reality is in a game like this tonight, do not overthink it. They are 14 okay. points better than Kansas okay. State. Don't overthink it and go and try to get cute. Understand that, and believe me, if we know it, Dane, the Baylor Bears and the coaching staff knows that I'm dealing with 18 and 19-year-old kids here. It is really hard to go off the rails you know, once you lose one game, you're like, oh, no, yes, you lost to Kansas, right. but you got to get back up. And he knows you got to get back up and you've got to do what you do, which is shut down teams defensively, hard physical and score some points. So Baylor laying 14, the total is 121 and a half. And I love the total in this game, Dane. Why do I love the total in this game? Well, because the I believe eight of the last 10 that they have played have gone to the over in this series. I think it's a low number. I do think uh, Baylor is going to be able to, they're going to focus on scoring some points. I do think Kansas State will get a few points. I like the uh, I like the over in this matchup. I think it's been undervalued. It, it opened at 124, and I like the over. It's been pushed right. down to 121 and a half. So I'm good with that. I like the total to go over in this one. 
like it even better then. That's that almost like you're representing that reverse yes. line movement. Exactly. You like it that way, and everybody else yep. is still pushing it down. I wanted yep. to ask you about that. I, I think Baylor is good enough to bounce back also, and it's not like it. you you use the term it went left. It's not going left if you lose to the number one team in the country, you no, know, no. or the exactly. now number one team in the country. They just have to get back on the gravy train, the and they should be good left. enough. <laughs> what, what's that? The threat of going left happens Fair. tonight. Like, this Fair. is where. Exactly. This if is it where gets it gets to them, you, yep. you can learn. And you know what else? This is a spot, I think, also, Joe, where you could learn a little bit about these 18- and 19-year-olds, right? Yes. Now they finally face adversity. Let's see how they respond. And they should be able to respond well against Kansas State at home tonight in the Big 12. It, but the thing is, Joe, and we put up that screen of all the big matchups tonight, there's a number of top teams that are going on the road. I mean, Dayton on the road in conference, Duke on the road in conference, Kentucky on the road in conference, the Iowa, Michigan state game as well. Texas tech on the road in conference, San Diego state kind of in a similar place as Baylor, right? Let's yep. see how they go when they face adversity after their first loss of the season to UNLV over the weekend, they have Colorado state coming in They're far, four games over in, conference i know the mountain west is not necessarily a conference that rings bells but colorado state is a decent team in that conference going on the road let's see if san diego state can cover the 13 and what i'm seeing as a 13 point spread it's um the other philosophy too behind this game tonight is that baylor with the way they play defense kansas state not a very up-tempo team Okay, but Kansas State knows they you if you're going to play a half court game with Baylor, you might as well not show up. They know their only sh a chance of beating Baylor is they've got to go up tempo, which gives us more possessions, which gives us more opportunities to score points. And at 121, guys, that's not a lot of points. But you can't you are not going to beat Baylor at their slow tempo half court play defense, you're not going to beat them. So the only way you can is you got to try and run and gun and get as many points as you can. So I expect the tempo to be up on this one. And the same thing, Dayton Flyers, a very up-tempo team, Dane. You right. mentioned it. Taking on George Mason, another double-digit situation here tonight with this Dayton team. Um, this one, I believe, is at George Mason. Uh, yeah. Yes, it's at George, it's at George Mason. Mason. Yeah, listen, they are about as elite as we have seen a college team be that's not from a big Power Five conference, right? I mean, what can you – 25 of their first 27 games, yeah. they have uh, they have taken care of business. They OB beat Duquesne at home, up 10 points in the last game. Their offense was – it scored 80 points and shot 51% from the floor. Like, But that's the mark of this team where – Obi, you know, Toppin is going to be a top draft pick, right? We can all, sure. this guy is going to be in sure. the association, guys. But it's what everybody else does around this guy to compliment him. It's amazing. It's not just a one-man show. It truly is some team basketball. And Dayton, I don't know what else they have to do. I don't think there's a letdown in their future, certainly not against George Mason. But they're averaging 13 more points a game than their competition. This is yeah. a 12-point spread, um, and they are a much better team than George Mason. Again, I wouldn't overthink it. I would just, the better team, Dayton, they'll take care of business, certainly, even though it's on the road. Even on the um, road. I got no problem backing the better team here, certainly in better form.
So let me ask you this, though, Joe, because I agree, right? I think these teams like Dayton, like San Diego State, we've talked about them before, Gonzaga going on the road with the exception of over the weekend. But to me, let's fast forward. We were just extolling the virtues of a team like Florida State. Right. And now you have a team like Dayton, right? These two teams could be like an Elite Eight kind of matchup, right? A yep. two-versus-three in a bracket. This is where I would fear for Dayton, okay? Against a Power Five team that is deep. Well, all the stuff we just said about Florida State. Would, would a Dayton team with Obi Toppin, who we know about, you say they're deep. But are they ready to step up against a kind of like a Florida State kind of squad or like mm -hmm. a Maryland kind of squad? You know what I mean? That is where I know we say, if not this year, then when for these kind of teams, the Dayton's, the Gonzaga's, the San Diego State's, the Seton Hall's of the world. But right. I'm still worried about when they run up against one of the big boys that are rounding into form in the tournament setting like a Kentucky, you know, like a um, like a Duke quite frankly, mm -hmm. it's going to be hard for me to pull the trigger on them, Joe. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And the thing that impresses me the most about what Dayton has done, and I don't care, conference, no conference, the fact that they are undefeated on the road this year. Um, okay. They've won 25 out of 27. They're on a 16-game winning streak here, Dane. They have not okay. lost on the road this year, which tells me this is a very good team. Like, Obi Toppin is one of the most efficient offensive players. He's 60, he's 63% from the field, guys. That's efficiency right there. This kid is a stud and going to be a superstar. But the reality is he couldn't do it alone. You can't win on the road. You can't be undefeated. I don't care who sure. you're playing sure. in, the, in the Atlantic 10 if you don't have a supporting cast around him. So, to me, that's when I look at this Dayton Flyers team, and I'm like, guys, it's they are a force to be reckoned with because of everything else they do around Toppin, and they don't have a problem winning on a road. In a season, Dane, it's, we know how hard it is for 18, 19-year-olds. This, this team, a little older, a little more experienced. Yeah, they're on a mission here. So lay the double-digit side against a George Mason team who they've gotten a couple of decent wins here this year, but this is a different animal. The Dayton Flyers are on a mission. All right, fair enough. So then where does the trend, like, help us tonight? Who gets tripped up then tonight, Joe? Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I one of these teams uh, is going to go on the road and lose. If you yep. believe in Dayton, is it Duke? Is it Kentucky? Mm -hmm. Is it Texas Tech? One of them yep. is going to... Pick a winner, well, Joe. One of them's going to throw up all over themselves, and it right. might be Auburn. And it okay. might be Auburn here um, tonight, uh, who is going to have, listen, they're the number 15 team in the country, right? Old Miss Rebels, SEC guys, they have been actually, they've been feistier and more of a pain in the butt to a lot of teams uh, than normal. Think about that game against Alabama over the weekend. Talk about tempo, huh? Dane. Up-tempo, up-tempo. 103 to 78 it was the game over the weekend, and it didn't go to overtime. Up-tempo, wow. Alabama, Ole Miss are going to score some points here tonight, here, guys. But the problem is 73-66, that win against Tennessee over the weekend, we talked about it, Dane. It's do or die with Auburn, it seems like, every damn game. Like, they have to – they get so far behind in the first half that Auburn is struggling to get back. Like, okay, now they've got to come back. Now they got to lay eight points just to get the game tied in the second half of games. They did it again against Tennessee. 
this is going to this is going to be a tough game because right now Auburn's got that, and this is you know this as well. When you have that uh, that mark on your chest right now, and that's what yeah. Auburn is, because yeah. it seemed like Ole Miss would love to do nothing but stick it off. to you, right? So, 83-82 right. overtime win first time around for Auburn. All right. Maybe that's yeah. the guy. Maybe that's the one tonight. Matches. It's all about matchups. This one's tough for Auburn tonight. We'll take a look at Duke and others as well as the NBA. We'll do that coming up next year on The Grid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.